Let me, uh, let me read four brief extracts from Scripture. You can, you can hang on to your seats this morning. Daniel always prayed to God three times every day. Three times a day, he bowed down on his knees to pray and praise God. From Mark's Gospel. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Back to the Old Testament. Study this book of instruction, continually meditate on it day and night. Back to the New Testament. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites. Uh, today we're starting a, a new series, uh, and I'm, I'm quite excited about it. Uh, it's called Unforced Rhythms, and it's all about spiritual disciplines, which is a subject or it's an aspect of Christian faith and discipleship that I reckon most people here are aware of or familiar with. They know about, possibly even have heard a series on it before. Uh, but right up front, uh, let, let me say something relatively personal and important about this issue. Incidentally, I'll, I'll explain why it's called Unforced Rhythms later, okay? But as I look back over my own life as a Christian, and, and I've been following Jesus now for four and a half decades, but as I reflect in my own journey, I can honestly say that one of the key characteristics during times of growth and consistency has been the presence and practice of spiritual disciplines. That whenever those things are there, whenever they are part of my life, whenever they're part of the rhythm of my life, then I've grown. Then I've kept going. Then I've kept the faith. Despite the ups and downs and twists and turns and the doubts and the struggles. Plus, as someone in my position, as, as a pastor for, what, nearly 10 years, associate pastor five years, youth pastor eight years, as I have walked with, in those rules, as I have walked with and observed many people over many years living out their Christian faith, I can definitely say that in those lives where there has been progress, in those lives where people have hung in there, where they have survived, where they're still going, I can say with confidence that spiritual disciplines have been present and practiced in their lives, at some level, to some extent. And on the flip side of this, you know, whenever I've gone through barren spells in my Christian life, whenever my faith has become pretty lukewarm, when I've kind of gone on to autopilot, which happens, and whenever I meet with people and talk with people who are drifting in their faith or drifting from their faith, you know, one of the things that becomes quickly apparent is the lack of the presence and practice of spiritual disciplines in any meaningful way. They have been dropped. I have dropped them. Or they've become virtually non-existent in my life. So one of the reasons that I am really excited about this series is because I passionately believe through experience and through observation, as well as my reading of Scripture, that spiritual disciplines are absolutely essential the Christian faith and discipleship, they are the things that feed and fuel. They are the same things that sustain and support us. They are the things that tend to our all too often forgotten souls. I'm not suggesting for a moment, I'm not standing up here this morning starting this new series saying these are the silver bullet, these are the magical solution to living an authentic Christian life, but 
I am saying they're pretty close to it. They're fundamentally important. So here's a question for you right at the start. How much time have you given to the practice of spiritual disciplines during this past week? Take a moment. How much time have you given to the practice of spiritual disciplines during this past week? Now, I, I know that's one of those questions, isn't it? That's one of those annoying questions people at the front ask. Sounds like you're being got at. And honestly, that, I mean, nobody needs that, do they? It's not my intention, but the reason I ask that is because as we begin this year, we need to acknowledge and recognize that spiritual disciplines are time dependent. I kind of need to put that out there and just say that and be honest about that. Spiritual disciplines are time dependent. If they are going to feature in our lives, we're going to need to commit time to them. We're going to need to make time for them. We're going to need to set time aside for them because at the root of all discipline, all discipline, including spiritual disciplines, is a disciplined use of time. The root of all discipline is the disciplined use of time. And we, we know that about most things. Like you, you want to cycle 100K? You want to learn a language? You want to bake? You want to study for an exam? You want to dance? You want to play Fortnite? You need to make time to practice, okay? Do you like that culturally relevant bit in there? <laughs> the baking? Yeah. Without... You know, without the disciplined use of time, without the disciplined use of time, this series is not going to gain any traction. It's honestly not. It's not, going to, it's not even going to get off the ground. It's not going to get very far. And so with that, with that in mind, I want to say three other things as we, get, as we introduce this and get into it, right? The first is that this series is going to run mornings and evenings for three months. Now that's unusual. Those of you who are part and parcel of Windsor will know that we often tend to have a different series in the morning and the evening. But up to Christmas, and maybe slightly beyond, don't know, we're going to stick with this just one big idea, just one thing. The evenings are not going to be a repeat of the morning. They're not. Tonight's there's going to be a wee bit of overlap, but not a lot. But there's, most of the evenings are not going to be a repeat of the mornings. We're just going to use both services, both times on a Sunday to consider different disciplines or kind of different aspects of, of each of them. The second thing I want to say by way of general intro is that there is a book and a journal to accompany this series. And both of these are, are available this morning. The book is called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, and it is going to be a great resource. It will cover a lot of what we're going to consider together on Sundays, but, but not everything. And Mark has designed, in typical Mark fashion, Mark has designed a brilliant journal for everyone that we would love you to use during this series, both here on Sundays and during the week to kind of take notes and scribble in. Journaling is one of those spiritual disciplines that's covered in this book, and I'm actually going to touch on it tonight in the evening service, the, the, the spiritual discipline of journaling. We, we have got about 100 of these, apparently, and we've got over 200 of the journals. Now, last week, Richard said, buy them singly for seven quid or for, uh, together for 10. Actually, buy them together for 10, yes, but if you buy the journal on its own, it's only five quid. If you buy the book on its own, it's eight quid. So if you want to grab a book and a journal to accompany you during this series, uh, even, even if things like journaling, you go, oh my goodness, no. Right, because I know some people I could see those sort of things far enough, but I'll talk more about that tonight. But if you do want to grab them afterwards, you can do that. And we even have the facility to pay by PayPal card and Apple Pay. Isn't that fantastic? It's brilliant. 
Uh, last thing by way of general introduction is this, that when it comes to these kind of spiritual disciplines, we're also going to be digging into them a little bit deeper in our small groups. Uh, we're not always going to follow them in sync. Uh, so sometimes we're going to look at a spiritual discipline on a Sunday and then explore it in s- small groups. Sometimes we're going to have explored a, s- a spiritual discipline in small groups and then catch up with it o- on a Sunday. But I'd encourage you to kind of dive in at that level as well if, if you want to. Okay, so with all that said, what actually are the spiritual disciplines? Okay, so let's get a bit of interaction going. Uh, who can shout out some of the spiritual disciplines that immediately come to mind? Prayer, okay. Worship. Fasting. Silence. How, how, did, how do people cope with the silence during communion? You know, that, that, that's a discipline, isn't it? And it, it can be uncomfortable, but yeah, it is. Anything else? Any other? Meditation, yeah. Reading your Bible, yeah. Okay, hold on. There's more that we're going to be looking at. But before we kind of explore exactly what they are, I want to talk about the why a bit. The purpose of them, like the point of them. And I want to give you four reasons why we should practice these, why they're so important. And the first reason is godliness. And for those who have been following our last series, particularly in Second Peter chapter 1, those first nine verses, there's a real connection between that and what we're venturing into. Do you know, as Christians, we, we're called to a particular way of life. We are, we're called to a particular way of living. And it can be summed up in this one word, godliness or holiness or Christ-likeness. We are to be godly. We are to be holy. We are to become more like Jesus. And we, we know and teacher, or the scripture teaches this explicitly, that it's God's desire for this. So we read that God wants to form us, conform us, and transform us into the likeness or the image of his son. That's the journey that we are on. That's what discipleship means. Following, learning from, and becoming more like Jesus. More godly, more holy in attitude, word, and action. And Peter makes it clear to his Christian readers, our readers, doesn't he, that God has given us, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So in other words, all of us can live this life. All of us can be godly, can be holy, can be Christ-like. Because God's power, if you're a child of God, God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. But then as Peter writes, and those of you who are part will know that he then says, listen, you then need to make every effort to add to your God-given faith a variety of things, including godliness. So in other words, you have a part to play in this. You need to do certain things in order to walk this out, in order to see this lived out and fleshed out in your everyday discipleship and Christian faith. So how do we make every effort to add godliness? What does that look like? What does that involve? And that takes us to what's going to be a key verse in this series. It's a verse I've quoted before the week we looked at godliness, but it's going to be a key verse for this entire series. And it's something that Paul said to his protege, Timothy. He said this, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Or in another translation, train yourself to be godly. If you use the King James Version, exercise thyself unto godliness. So godliness, holiness, Christ-likeness involves a training program. 
It needs exercise. It requires discipline. Now, I know whenever you raise the word discipline, some people are attracted to the idea of discipline. Here is something concrete I have to do. Here is a list of things I need to check off. And some of us love that kind of thing. Others, if we're really honest, are repulsed by the idea of discipline. Maybe that's too strong a word, but we're not keen on it. It's a demanding word. It's a suffocating word. But whether you are attracted by the idea of discipline or annoyed by it, we need to remember and keep in mind that the word discipline comes from the root word disciple. Discipline comes from the root word. So those of us who are disciples of Jesus Christ, which I recognize is most of us, we have got to accept and embrace discipline and training as part of what it actually means to be a disciple, to follow Jesus. Paul, Paul says to Timothy, says to us, discipline yourself for the purpose of God. Train yourself to be God. And this is where spiritual disciplines kick in. This is where they come and this is where they feature. They are a critical part of our training program towards Christ likeness. It's through doing them, it's in doing them, it's by doing them that we become godly, that we pursue godliness, that we make every effort to add godliness to our God-given faith. As the, as the writer of this book, Donald Whitney, says, the only road to Christian maturity and godliness, and that's quite strong, but the only road to Christian maturity and godliness passes through the practice of spiritual disciplines. So we need to do these things in order to be like this. You see, spiritual disciplines are right doing that leads to right being. But as with almost anything in life, we're only going to do it. We're only going to do it. We're only going to be disciplined about it, trained for it. We're only going to go this way if we can see a clear purpose in it. If a re- there's a really good reason, if there's a direction, because discipline without direction is drudgery, which is how this guy opens up his book. You know, today is the Belfast Half Marathon. Yeah? I know some people are running. Some of you might have got held up by it. But today is the Belfast Half Marathon. People who are running those 13 miles now have trained for it. They've needed to be disciplined. They've needed to prepare. Why? Because they have a goal in mind. They want to finish it. They want to cross that line. There's a distinct end in view. People who play an instrument have needed to practice. They've needed to be disciplined because why? Because they want to play a tune. They want to achieve a certain grade. They want to perform in a band. They want to join an orchestra. And because there is a goal in mind, because they have a direction in which they are heading, they're willing to practice. They're willing to embrace discipline because that's just the way it works. And it goes for so much of life, as I say, for studying for exams, for staying fit, for learning that, for preparing to do that job. We have a goal in mind. I want to be better. I want to grow into this. And so we realize I've got to practice because without discipline, without training, we're going to struggle and we're not going to get there. And in our spiritual lives, it is no different. It is absolutely no different. The exact same principle applies. There is a goal, there is a purpose, there is a reason, there is a point. And what is it? Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. Train yourself. Why? Here's the purpose. To be godly. You need to train This is a series about discipline with direction, which means 
that the spiritual disciplines are not an end in themselves. They're not. They're a means to an end. The purpose of this series is not to get more people doing more spiritual disciplines. That is not what we're about here. That's not what we're going to spend three months. If at the end of three months we have more people doing more spiritual disciplines, yes, that'll be great, but that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to see more people becoming more like Jesus. That's the purpose, to see more people becoming more like Jesus through spiritual disciplines. Someone has put it like this. The spiritual disciplines are the means that God has given to all of us as the way to pursue God and experience the joys and pleasures of godliness. John Wesley, I love the way he described spiritual disciplines. He said they are practices that put us in a place where we are transformed by God's grace. Spiritual disciplines are practices that put us in a place where we're then transformed by God's grace. You see, it's if we do these things, if we choose to do, if we commit time to doing these things, then we position ourselves in a place where God, by his spirit, shapes us, molds us, forms us, conforms us, transforms us. It's when we put ourselves in that place. It's when we do these things. So why spiritual disciplines? Godliness. This is about becoming more like Jesus. We sang that song earlier, coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. That's what this series is about, to see more people becoming more like Jesus, more godly, more holy. Second reason is intimacy. Intimacy with God. Let me show you a diagram. This will be familiar to a number of people here at Windsor. Simple triangle, but we've used it to illustrate the three different directions that our Christian faith must flow. Who can tell me the three directions our Christian faith must flow? Up, in, out. Absolutely. You know, as Christians, we must love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Up. As Christians, we must love one another. Why? Because as we said last week, it's by our love for one another, our brotherly love for one another, that our watching world will know that we belong to Jesus. We've got to love in. We've got to relate in. And then we've got to love our neighbor. We've got to love those beyond these walls. We've got to love those who are not yet Christians. We've got to love out. We've got to relate out, but it's this up dimension that I'm specifically thinking about because spiritual disciplines, what do they do? They nurture our relationship with God. They enable us to spend time with our Father and develop that love relationship. And so the second reason for the spiritual disciplines is intimacy with God. But as this triangle implies, and I don't want us to go away thinking, oh, it's all about me and God. It's not just that. The in and the out flows from the up. Spiritual disciplines develop our relationship with God, but they impact our relationships with one another and with a watching world. Godliness, intimacy. It's two of the reasons we're doing this series. Third reason flows from the first connected, simply this, Jesus did them. I'm not going to say a lot more about this at, at, at the moment. I'm going to develop it as we go along. But I do want to highlight that Jesus, the most perfect person who ever lived, he practiced spiritual disciplines. Jesus studied scripture. Jesus memorized scripture. Jesus did get up early in the mornings. don't know if it was every single morning, but he got up early in the mornings to pray, to spend time with his father. He went to solitary places. He sought silence and solitude. Jesus fasted. Jesus regularly met with others to worship. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our model. Jesus is our teacher. Why are we doing this series? Why are we thinking about spiritual disciplines? Because Jesus did them. And for those of us who claim to live in God, we must walk as Christ walked, 1 John 2, 6. And the fourth reason I want to suggest for spiritual disciplines is to guard your heart. Back on my hobby horse, love it. 
Proverbs 4.23 says what? Above all else, guard your heart for what? It affects everything else you do. Above all else, says the wisdom reader, guard your heart because it affects everything else you do. And one of the key ways, in my experience, to guard your heart is through spiritual disciplines. It's hiding scripture in your heart. It's talking to your father in the heart language of prayer. It's worshiping with all your heart. According to that reader, the heart affects everything you do. Therefore, there's nothing more important than getting it, guarding it. And I believe spiritual disciplines guard your heart because the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. So four reasons for spiritual disciplines. Godliness, spiritual disciplines for the purpose of godliness. Intimacy with God, spiritual disciplines nurture your relationship with your Father. Jesus did them, spiritual disciplines featured in his life and we must walk as he walked and they guard your heart. But I say, what exactly are they? What are we referring to? What are we gonna be covering during the series? And you've shouted out a number of them. Here is a list. We're gonna be covering, I think more or less, all of these during the series, so here's a list. So Bible reading, Bible study, Bible memorization, Bible meditation, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence, solitude, journaling, learning, all biblical spiritual disciplines. Not an exhaustive list, I have a book at home that lists 75 spiritual disciplines. Uh, and, and so we are going to pick up a few kind of left field ones in a sense. So we're going to look at the discipline of unplugging, the discipline of Sabbath, the discipline of simplicity, the discipline of examine, the discipline of visio divina. Hmm. So we're going we're to kind of head in all sorts of kind of different directions. So uh, are, those, are those spiritual disciplines or are those just disciplines? Well, we'll wrestle with that as we go along. But let me, uh, let me finish with the reason for the title for this series. So unforced rhythms, what's that about? Well, let me read something Jesus said. It's recorded in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and I wanna read it from the message. Don't often do that, but I'm gonna do it this morning. Maybe you can relate to this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out in religion? Come to me, says Jesus. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know if that appeals to you. <laughs> do you know, this series is an invitation to keep company with Jesus. That's what this series, it's an invitation to keep company with Jesus, and I believe spiritual disciplines help us do that. This is also a series about learning some of those unforced rhythms of grace. Do you know, past generations thought about, talked about spiritual disciplines as means of grace that God by his spirit used to conform us more and more into the image of Jesus. That's how past generations, Puritan in particular, others as well, but that's how past generations refer to spiritual disciplines, means of grace that God by his spirit uses to conform us into the image of Jesus. Now, they're not means to grace. That's not what this is about. Say a wee bit more about that tonight. These are not means to grace, they are means of grace. They are practices and disciplines that enable us to pursue a closer relationship with God and a conformity to Christ. That's what this is about. To pursue a close, means of, to pursue a closer relationship with God and conformity to Jesus. And so, 
I want us to see spiritual disciplines as unforced rhythms, as part of our rhythm of life, as part of our daily rhythm with some of the disciplines, as part of our weekly rhythm with other disciplines, as part of our monthly rhythm, as part of our annual rhythm. One of the things I hear a lot of people say, some of you have heard me share this, not in this context, but in others. One of the things I hear a lot of people say is that they need a more balanced life. You ever said that? I need a better work-life balance. If there was more balance in my life, then I might be able to do so many other things. Well, I've increasingly come to the conclusion there's no such thing as balance. Forget it. Okay? If you're trying to live or trying to find balance, my encouragement to you is forget it. Okay? And even if you do find it, I'll guarantee it's virtually impossible to sustain it. Mark Buchanan, and I've quoted him a lot, says this in his book on spiritual rhythms. Big quote, I'll read it out. Our age has its own cherished myths, and one of the most hypnotic is the myth of balance. I hear it everywhere from young and old, city dwellers and country folk, carpenters and lawyers, students and homemakers. Everyone seeks balance. Everyone longs for that magical combining of rest and play and work that once found will make life simple and elegant and easy. It'll make it balanced. Where is the perfect middle, I ask? The right proportion of duty and freedom, church and job, neighbors and family, time for others, time for me. There is none. It's no more to be found than unicorns or perfect churches. Love it. If you're longing for balance, if you're hoping to find balance, then can I say this morning, forget it. Do you know something? We crave balance. We need rhythm. We crave balance, we need rhythm. We need rhythms of life, we need rhythms in life that are gonna feed us, that are gonna fuel us, that are gonna restore us. And I pray that spiritual disciplines, doing spiritual disciplines, would become amongst those unforced rhythms of grace that will enable us to keep company with Jesus, will enable us to become more like Jesus, will enable us to pursue godliness and holiness, which is gonna take us right back to the question of time. Because you see those rhythms of life, of daily life, of weekly life, of monthly life, of annual, those rhythms that we so desperately need They are time dependent. Unless we build these rhythms in, we're not gonna get very far in this journey. And so as we begin this new series, I pray, I pray that you will give this new series time. I pray that you will give spiritual disciplines time because time to right doing leads to right being.